dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Everyone, welcome to episode 112. Dynasty the Underdog. I'm your host, Greg Dawkins. Joining me tonight, Billy Beaven, Josh Goldberg. What up, what up? Got a smorgasbord of stuff tonight, I feel like. A lot of trades. All, all I got to say is I'm number two overall in Scott Fishbowl, so can we stop it right here? Can we stop the count <laughs> right stop now? Stop the count. No, we, can, no, we cannot. I mean, congratulations <laughs> on that, obviously, but there's still a whole season ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, there is. Yeah, no, I... Definitely a long season, so it's really cool though to be up there. It's a uh, it's fun time, fun time in the Scott Fishbowl. I I did move myself up into thirty first, so nice, dude. I That's mean, actually pretty good. Yeah, you know, one percent towel basically. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I jumped from like two hundred to one fifty. So I'm I'm catching up. I'm catching up. I love it. Everybody in the top two hundred, and and I got to beat the brakes off of Jamie Eisenberg last week, so that was <sighs> fun. Put that put that down in my record book. Yeah. Well, let's hop into some uh, news and nonsense. Uh, first one hits close to heart. Uh, home, I guess. McCorkle, Mac Jones, ankle, high ankle sprain. Some folks said that, hey, the type of injury he had, some people would require surgery. They're not sure if he's going to get surgery. I was really busy at work today, so I don't know anything new came out about it, but it doesn't sound like he's going to get surgery, but he's going to be out for like probably six weeks. Yeah. They said most people would have surgery with the injury that he has so sounds like it's pretty severe don't think he's going to play this sunday i just gives me another opportunity to just state you know i i don't really believe in the mac jones experiment i i think he's a very you know average quarterback probably you know closer to a backup than you know a top end starter i i just don't see it working for fantasy for that long i'm as a Patriots fan, I'm watching it all happen. I don't see how he's going to be there for more than three or four years. And, you know, what's it going to be like after that? So, yeah, it's, it sucks. I mean, the ankle injury, maybe it gives him some time to, I don't know, to. I feel like he's under a lot of pressure. So maybe it gives him a, no, maybe it gives him some time to like not be beat up by the media and the team and everything else. You know what I mean? And it gives him some, some breathing room. I don't know. But this is, uh, yeah, just. Bad stuff for Mac Jones in general. Yeah, I mean, he'll be out at least two to three weeks, no questions there. But do you think they're going to go out and sign somebody? Or do you think it'll be the Bryant, the Hoyer show for? Yeah, I mean, Hoyer knows how to run the offense as well as anybody. So I don't, yeah, I don't think they're going to be going out and getting anybody to replace him right now. Honestly, I think the, the more concerning thing would be if, Brian Hoyer ran the offense better than Mac Jones, right? Then I think you'd be a little concerned, like, oh shit, that's not good. Is this a bump for Ramadre? I I don't think so. I don't think anything can be like it. I think that Brian Hoyer is worse than Mac Jones, so I don't think the Patriots are going to be in a better position offensively. They're probably going to be chasing points. It's I don't know. Nothing. Nothing's good for any of these guys on this team. Yeah. I was watching. I was watching the game, and this is like the first time I really. I, I even put up the tweet. I was like, "Man, he's like a low key baller. Like he was mobile out there. Like he was running. He was doing stuff. He looked like he was confident. Like I don't know. I didn't. I didn't realize people were so down on him in the local media and stuff. But like what I saw, I was like, "Hey, this kid's even." I knew he had good pocket presence and he's accurate and stuff like that. Um, but for him to kind of move around like he did last week before he got injured, I was like, "Well, hey, this guy might." Might end up being a baller, but apparently not. So I will just say that I have two teams where my two starting quarterbacks in Superflex are Dak Prescott and Mac Jones. That's terrifying. <laughs> I I am sorry for you. Legit in one league, I'm starting Cooper Rush and Brian Hoyer this week. Hey, at least you're able to scoop their backups. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, you gotta find the little silver lining. You gotta find the silver lining somewhere. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think the media is is down on Mac. Actually, I think they cut him a lot of slack for like how Bel, you know, the the situation Belichick put him in with lack of offensive weapons, all that stuff. I think he actually gets a lot of breaks. It's more me and just watching him and as a dynasty asset. Like he's obviously going to start in the league for a few years, maybe five, maybe he'll get longer than that as he improves. But I don't, I don't really see the upside in fantasy. And he just kind of looks a little lost out there. He he did look more mobile than he has ever. That's probably his best game he's played. Yeah. Maybe in general. I don't know. I mean, he had three picks and it looks really, really terrible from that perspective, but he did look pretty sharp out there for the most part. And it's, there's just a lot of bad stuff going on on that offense. The play calling is not great. There's some bad play calling in this game. It's just, yeah. yeah. I will say the one thing about him that kind of moved him down my rankings was he looked like a little baby with that injury, though. Oh, man. He, he was like, the oh, face. God. The face, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a grown-ass man. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, though. He did look like he could have broken that ankle. It looked pretty yeah. pretty serious the way the guy fell on it. But, yeah. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just saying ankle injuries do fucking hurt. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could feel it on that one. Yeah. Nice. On that one. Yeah. All right, we're on to like a bright spot of the week, especially for you know hashtag Dub seasons. Um, a bunch of the wide receivers, Green Bay are hurt, Watkins, Watson, MVS, all that. So Romeo Dubs had a chance to step up and see if he could actually be that dude, and he looked pretty damn good. I think he got like eight receptions, eighty some yards, a touchdown. I mean, that's not bad for a rookie, you know, day two pick. Small school. Everybody's saying it's Watson season. I said, no, look out for Dobbs. I mean, it's never going to be Watson season. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's every, every week that passes, I get more stoked for, for what Dobbs can, can do, what he can be uh, in the absence, like you said, of all these guys. He's pseudo wide receiver one for the, for the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers, which is super valuable. He did look really good. Uh, this is, you know, it's funny if you were if you were high on him like I was, and and I guess watched him the way I did. It's not really surprising. He this is kind of who he is. I mean, like he's he's a guy who can get open, and yeah, I don't know. I I have shopped him one or two spots that I do have him. See if I can get a twenty three first. Outside of that, I'm holding on to him. I had somebody come after him today, and I pretty much just shut down the trade talks. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I kind of want to keep Dubs. It's all good, man. He was like, yeah, my target here is Dubs. I was like, now nah, don't even worry about it. It's all good or Dobbs. But, but yeah, no, this is great. I love seeing it, man. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I just don't know. Like, I wonder how sustainable it is. Like, can he be this guy, you know, week in and week out, week out or some version of it? Uh, I'm not sure yet. And I have that hesitation for some reason, just because we get burned by these later drafted guys all the time. But yeah, he was somebody I believed in. So I think I just need to stand strong in my conviction. You're right about that. Like uh, history's not quite in his favor, but. With weeks like that, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you got to roll with it. I, I did have somebody I'm very familiar with, goes by named Josh. Uh, he reached out to me in one of our leagues, and he tried to get Dobbs in a trade, and uh, I said no, thank you. Well, that's fair. I mean, we'll discuss the trade <laughs> later, but I mean, I, I, I honestly do think the trade was completely fair. It was actually. I should have ran it by Billy first because I'm like, you know what? I think actually, I don't know. It was a too tight end. We'll talk about it later, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Sterling Shepard went out there. Man, that didn't. He it was the end of the play. He was just he ran a route, saw the play was over, and he was slowing down, just kind of like, you know, gingerly trying to slow down like any normal wide receiver would, and then boom, tore that thing. And Sterling Shepard's out for the season. The thing is, he was, I mean, at least in redraft. I mean, this is a dynasty throw. Like, if you had Sterling Shepard, like maybe last week was the time to sell him anyway, just because like God, he finally did something. But um uh, what am I going to go with? Uh, <laughs> nothing about Sterling Shepard, but what about the other guys? Like, are you interested in Wondell? Are you still on Tony? Um, yeah. Yeah. Holiday's dead. I mean, Mac, uh, Daniel Jones is a joke. You had to get that one in there. Had to slip that one in there. Dude, what are yeah, we doing? Yeah. I, like, I, I think that this does breathe life back into specifically Wondell and Kadarius Tony. Tony's kind of been. I, I don't know. He, he, I don't know what happened to Tony, right? He kind of got in the doghouse somehow. It seems like because he's really not getting the, the, the snap share 
Wandale, I am interested coming back from the injury. That's all that's really kept him out. I, it, I mean, obviously it's it's severe enough to keep him out, but I haven't heard any worry of like a tear or anything like that with him. So yeah, I think definitely still interested in Wandale. You could probably get him even cheaper now because everybody's forgot about him. Feel bad for Sterling Shepard, man. Like the guy can't just can't stay healthy, and that's you know that that sucks. Like this is this is just terrible, man. Just non-contact injury again, crazy. It's absolutely horrible, but I mean, oh yeah, I'm excited about my shares of Tony and Wandale. Just as long as they can see the field, they should get some play. Right? Somebody's there to catch the ball. <laughs> Somebody. Somebody. Okay. Uh, next one, Bateman revisited. I know you probably want to talk about this because he's, you know, having a lackluster season and everybody but Billy was high on Bateman coming out last year. And so, yeah, the mic's yours. Bateman revisited. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I don't know. I think that like his fantasy production this year has been held up by two really long touchdowns in the first two weeks. And then he obviously fumbled in this, in this matchup against the Patriots and also just didn't really <laughs> Josh talking to me through the sheet right here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I just got the email come across. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And uh, sorry, so Bateman, yeah. And so he had the fumble this week. He didn't catch a touchdown. And you kind of see that when he's not getting a touchdown, you kind of, it kind of highlights how little volume he's getting. Are we worried about him? Because for me, it kind of just solidifies like what I felt about him before, what I was trying to tell everybody. He's not a true wide receiver one. Like if AJ Brown was there, I think he would demand more targets, right? Like, I don't think this guy is that kind of, level of receiver and I think that's what people are were trying to tout him as having that kind of potential and again just in this offense where the targets are so limited I think you have to be that good and I don't I just don't think he's that good now he's good enough obviously to produce here and there and he has a great quarterback so there's value there but I don't know I just feel like revisiting it now because I do think that we you can see truly what he is as a as a fantasy asset right in baltimore yeah let's see five targets week one seven week two four week three yeah i don't know i mean that connection with mark andrews and lamar jackson is pretty special so you know he's the wide receiver he is the leading receiver on that team and probably will be forever i think if bateman was on a different team maybe you'd be thinking of bateman differently or maybe not i mean I guess I'm starting to come around to the fact that, yeah, maybe situation here is not the best for him, but I still do think that Bateman is alpha wide receiver material. So um, I I think now's a good time that you could actually get him a little bit cheaper than you would have a year ago. And so I would be interested, because I do believe in the talent, I would be interested in trying to uh, acquire some Bateman probably right about now. Okay. You're wrong, but cool. No, no, that's fine. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm obviously, I'm obviously kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the targets there. If he's getting between five and six, like he's gonna have to catch a touchdown or a long pass every week. I think, otherwise, you're gonna be stuck with, you know, four to five catches. You said five targets, seven targets, five targets. You're gonna be stuck with, you know, somewhere Basically between four, five, yeah. four and five catches, maybe less if, if you know, the targets are off. Four or five catches for what, fifty yards, and no yeah. touchdown. Like that's ten points on any given week. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously he has upside. He totally does. So there's, like I said, he has value. I just don't think it's what everybody was purporting him to be. Yeah. Anyway, we'll keep, we'll keep, we'll keep talking about Bateman until the end of time and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and finally come to some conclusion, but cool stuff. All right. What are we going to do with Austin Eckler and Dalvin cook, right? Both <sighs> these guys underproducing. They've had some, some decent games. I think Eckler had like a 17 ish point game. And and Cook had like a 20 point game or so, but definitely ups and downs. Cook is injured, has a dislocated shoulder. He'll obviously be back. That's not season ending or anything like that. Not long term, but Eckler just under producing and obviously with Herbert a little injured, it's not helping out. So I don't know, like, how do you feel about these guys who are approaching that 26, 27 age? And I don't know, they're, they're, you know, running back ones. These guys are former, you know, first, first round picks in general, first, second round picks in super flex leagues yeah i don't know what are we doing with them are you buying these guys low or are you just saying yeah we're we're about done no i mean i'm gonna buy them low buy them low get another season or two out of them they're still going to put up good numbers i mean yeah even with them being injured they're both off injured unfortunately so if you own either of them you kind of already are expecting that 
So, of course, yeah. I mean, if you can buy them cheap enough, buy them low, in my opinion, buy them low now, ride them for the next year or two, and then obviously what happens at that point happens at that point. I think Eckler is like the perfect target. You know, when we talk about, you know, contenders grabbing uh, running backs about this time of year and people who aren't quite continuing selling off running backs about this time of year. I think that this is like match made in heaven for that type of deal. He's old. Um, like 27. I mean, that's old in running back years. But his usage is not too bad. Uh, four targets week one, 10 targets week two, eight targets week three. His snap share is 56 last week, 63% the week before, and 49. It's not terrible. Um, he's still Austin Eckler. But if I'm a guy that's sitting there and I'm like ninth or 10th in my league after three weeks, I might be reaching out to see if a guy that is maybe surprisingly top third of the league or something like that. And this would be a perfect time to kind of pivot off of that and get out of him because he's not doing you any good this year. Um, even if you made some really good moves, he's not going to do a lot for you next year. He's underperforming, but he's still performing, right? So there's still some value there. I think that he's probably one of those perfect um, trade pieces between those two different types of uh, managers right now. Cook, that's a little surprising. I, I really thought, you know, this new revamped offense... They always like to run the ball. Like he always is very efficient and he's very good at what he does. It's just uh something's gotta change. He's good, right? Um, something's gotta change, but he is not a stranger to shoulder dislocations. I think this might be his third one. So I don't know. Um, he's just another guy that if I'm in the bottom third of my league, I'm gonna try to move him to a guy that's in the top third of his league, and those guys will be perfect pieces for contenders this year. It just sucks. It's a bad year for like Drafting running back, running back, right? Or running back is crazy. Really weird running back year. I mean, Eckler, definitely the efficiency The efficiency is not there. I mean, 2.7 yards per carry, two yards after contact per attempt, which actually probably not too bad in the grand scheme of things. I'm just looking at his, not compared to everybody else, but yards before contact per attempt, seven or 0. 0.7. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, the receiving, I don't know, targets per hour run is 40%. Pretty good, honestly. At yards per outrun, two point six. He's just not getting as much as I think we we'd like him to get, right? Like thirteen receptions in three games. It's not terrible, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, what do you think about a Mike Williams, Brandon Ayuk, and a second for Eckler? Oh, yeah. If I had Eckler, I'd do that all day. You would take Brian, Mike Williams, Ayuk, and a second. Brandon Ayuk and a second for yeah. Eckler. Yes. So what's buying low on Eckler? Uh, I don't know. I think you could probably get Eckler cheaper. I don't know. I don't know. Not, not from my current experience, but yes. Oh. That, that, that's kind of where the deal is at. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I would do that. I mean, personally, I don't know. Interesting. Okay, cool. Cool. Let's see here. I want to look at something here. Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, 18% target share on the year. I mean... No, it's not bad. That's definitely not like yeah, fifty-two percent route participation. I don't know. I think the usage for Eckler is, is is good enough that like, I don't know. Reach out and try to get him. I got him in uh, DU one. Come get me. Yeah, I yeah. We we just actually made a trade that uh, I was looking at Austin Eckler. I was trying to figure out how to do it, but I just don't think that the assets on my side match uh, match what you got. But no, yeah. You mean you don't want to make a cup trade? I, I thought about how that works. So I was like, well, we'll just get this one done. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, cool. All right. Uh, Waddle Hill, interchangeable. Wide receiver one. This must be Josh. Yeah, it's me, but just general discussion. <laughs> so through, through three games, Waddle it has 19 receptions for 342 yards, three touchdowns. Hill has 21 receptions for 317 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Both high. Both bothly high, highly utilized. Just do you think they're the interchangeable wide receiver ones for this season? For what them for like the Dolphins? You mean or for the Dolphins or like or fan, or fantasy, wide receiver no, one game. overall or like wide receiver not one. overall but oh in general yeah I I think they're both wide receiver ones honestly I think that both of them could finish near top twelve, uh just outside of it I mean on any given week they both could have a hundred yards <laughs> so in the same game. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I love both of these guys. I, there's not a single thing to dislike about Waddle or Hill. I mean, Waddle is like, it was really cool. I was thinking about this. Jake in DU2 selected Waddle really high, like in 
like I, he, he had to go as like wide receiver, like somewhere in, in the top five wide receivers, right. In the first two rounds. And at the time, I'm sure everybody was a little like, wow, that's kind of high for Waddle, dude. But now you're looking at it and you're like, well, it's not really too high for Waddle, is it? Because, you know, Hill is the the one aging out. You know, in a couple of years, Waddle could easily take over as the wide receiver one. And there's no question about it. So, yeah, it's Waddle's looking up. Love it. I think it's kind of perfect for each one's ability to not be bracketed or whatever, right? Like a defense you have two guys who literally take the top off of you or you you know catch it in space and then just burn you not a lot of teams have that kind of uh that kind of utility yeah, exactly <laughs> i mean they could take him out of the backfield they could do all kinds of stuff and this defense has to be on their toes because either one of them are just absolute studs so i mean you're going to start them both each week some week you might have Tyree kill come out with like 10 points the next week he's going to have like 35 <laughs> and, and that's and, that's okay and that's okay who, who cares like you're like oh i had a downhill or daniel from tyree kill well, it's like yeah well the last two weeks he got you like 60 combined points like it's gonna happen and it's fun to watch like who's complaining i am loving this miami offense right now it's 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 extremely fun to watch i, mean, I think what epitomizes it for me uh, watching the buffalo game is third and 22 waddle just straight down the middle of the field beats his man and Tua just bombs it catch that that's just that's something Miami hasn't had for a long time right and it was it's a beautiful play and it's it's very simple right but they can't stop him like they they just can't stop these guys so yeah it's really cool stuff man they're super fun to watch and super fun to have in your fantasy teams love it awesome all right so here I posted this in the the discord which is open for anybody to join and come hang out and talk with us but it's uh they're talking about Sky Moore and you know, I'm a big Sky Moore guy, and I was really hoping to see a little bit more of him this year. And the discussion had come up that, you know, with Andy Reid's offense, that rookie wide receivers get brought on kind of slowly because it's a complicated playbook, et cetera, et cetera. Someone put out the um, notable rookie wide receivers that had worked with Andy Reid over the seasons and is showing the uh, cumulative snaps over the years and so far we had deshaun jackson jeremy macklin nicole hardman sky Moore, and tyreek hill are on this graph and all of them have seen action a little bit sooner i would say that the one that's he's kind of mirroring the most is tyreek hill we're through three weeks they've seen you know less than 50 snaps total it's not good uh sky Moore, Small school, uh, day two, muffed punts, not getting a lot of snaps. I'm a little concerned. I'm one of the people highest on Sky Moore out of anybody before he went to the Chiefs. But I'm a little concerned. Should I be concerned? Or is this just something that Andy Reid does? What are you guys' thoughts? I don't think you should be overly concerned about it. I mean, it is concerning, but I wouldn't be overly concerned about it right now. Again, we're three games in. Small sample size. He's a rookie. And plus, they were figuring out a completely new offensive identity there. Since they lost Tyreek Hill and a couple other players, it's practically a new team. So, yes, they are running the same offense, but you have different personnel in there. So, no, I'm, I mean, personally, I'm not panicking over Sky Moore right now. I mean, I have a good number of shares of him. I'm holding him. Am I playing him? No, but I'm holding him. I mean, at least for another year to see what happens. A little worried for sure little worried i don't think the competition in that wide receiver room is too great for somebody of his supposed talent to overcome so i think he should be able to get on the field definitely muffing a punt will prevent you from getting on the field and <laughs> you know in an off or in a team run by andy reed so that could definitely be part of it maybe it's not really this guy can't do what we're asking of him on the field or can't produce or whatever it is but yeah looking at the chart here it's, you know, the only guy he comps to is Tyree Kill, who is definitely an outlier. But, yeah, this is, you know, this is a very small sample size, like Josh said. So I'm not super worried about it. I don't have a lot of shares, but this is the reason why I think you, any, I don't know where you selected him, Josh, or how you got him. But the reason why Uriah and I missed out a lot on, on Sky Moore was because his price was so high in rookie drafts. And as much as I liked him, 
you know, just because of the landing spot, it really didn't get me over my skis compared to, you know, some others. So this isn't really a, a surprise. I think anybody who's worried too much is probably more upset about the acquisition cost than anything. Yeah, that's fair. I think in one league I paid up for him, but the rest he kind of either fell to me in a late round or I was able to grab him off a waiver. Yeah, I mean, he was someone I was excited about because before the NFL draft and we're doing mocks and stuff, he was going at like, you know, between 2-4 and like 2-7. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. He's going to be like, he's going to be my second round pick. He's going to be great. Like, I love this guy. But I didn't expect him to go to the mid mid first. So I, I ended up with zero shares this guy more. I have him in a redraft league, and I think I'm going to actually end up dropping him. I don't know. <clears throat> all right, so um, that's all news and nonsense. This one is inspired by, got to give a shout-out to Peter Howard and his Patreon. Uh, I did not come up with this on my own. But he posted, just, you know, being fair, uh, he posted the top 12 wide receivers and points per game so far through three weeks. And so we have Stephen Diggs, Cooper Cup. Amon Rossing Brown, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Michael Pittman, Christian Kirk, AJ Brown, Curtis Samuel, Marquise Brown, Justin Jefferson, and Devonta Adams. And he was highlighting uh, maybe some of the guys that he doesn't think will continue to be in the top 12 moving forward based on expected points. Um, and the three that he mentioned was Christian Kirk, Curtis Samuel, and Marquise Brown. And I just kind of wanted to think about this, like, right now, if you have Christian Kirk, you have the number seven wide receiver in points per game. You have Curtis Samuel, the ninth. If you have Hollywood Brown, you have the tenth. These guys are scoring a lot of points right now. And I fully agree with uh, Mr. Howdy that I don't think that this is sustainable. Marquise Brown... Um, Hopkins is coming back from suspension in four weeks, right? And Curtis Samuel still has Carson Wentz throwing the ball and two better wide receivers on that team than him. And Christian Kirk, it might be sustainable, but it's still the Jaguars. And, like, man, it's really hard to get excited about the Jaguars. So my question to you guys is, this is a, are these three – sell high candidates to you well definitely two of them are i i think murky's brown for the reason you mentioned you know target competition coming back going to be a little different for him but he is young so i mean long term if you don't believe in hawkins or and hopkins i don't know may, maybe brown can can persevere right but i see it less with curtis samuel for sure like i i think he's way overproducing for the offense he's in. And like you said, the target competition that's there long-term. So I would try to get out high on Samuel. I just think he's a guy, he, he fits the model perfectly, right? Yeah, like I agree. Like very low acquisition cost guy who you can sell for like a second or something like that. Like instantly do it, you know? Christian Kirk, I don't know. I'm not really on the sell high. I kind of want to buy Christian Kirk. I just think he's in an offense that's, up and coming he has a really good quarterback he is essentially their wide receiver one for this year maybe not next year maybe they do invest in a wide receiver but i think that he stays kind of in that realm with a pretty high target uh, target rate so i don't know I, I like what christian kirk's doing and i don't really see it stopping for any reason like he we talked about this last week he plays out of the slot a lot and or maybe it's the week before but he plays out of out of the slot a lot which really helps his production and I don't see why that would change. So yeah, I, I don't know. Kirk, I'm not necessarily on the sell high train. These other two I am. That's funny because Kirk's Kirk's one I would sell high on. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. I just can't stand the guy. I mean he's putting up good numbers this year, but he got overpaid and I do not see a situation being fluid past this season. And what we gotta talk about what you gotta talk about is pocketbook. His bank account has nothing to do with it. And he, he he's making a case that he is worth that money. So we'll see. <laughs> hey, we'll let, see him, let yeah. him prove let let him prove me wrong. Let him prove yeah. me wrong. He's still super young too. So I, I like I like him a lot. Like I think that he's like Marquise Brown if Marquise Brown was gonna keep the wide receiver one job for longer. All right. So would you if you could, would you trade Curtis Samuel straight up for Christian Kirk? What? Yeah. In a yeah. second. Of course. I actually tried to trade Zeke 
and Darnell Mooney for Christian Kirk, and that got turned down in the league. Oh, wow. Okay. Really? So, yeah. Wow. How crazy is that? That is crazy. I have Samuel somewhere, and I was like, I wonder if I could just get Kirk straight up, but I guess I can't. Uh, doubt it. I mean, he put, I'm up, gonna try. 20, he put <laughs> up like two or three 20 plus point games. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Darn it. All right. Well, that's fine. Thanks, Peter Howard, uh, for letting me share what you shared with me. All right. Uh, just wanted to bring up Greg Dorch's name real quick. I was just looking into him, and I just thought it was super cool, his his NFL journey. Took him through five teams, three practice squads before ending up on the Cardinals in 2022. Had a total of three receptions prior to 2022. 23 receptions on 26 targets for 213 yards and one touchdown through three games this year. Just think that's super cool. Really, really awesome for, for Dorch, who is – kind of made a case for himself as somebody who deserves targets on his team, Ronald uh, Rondell Moore be damned, right? So I don't know what's going to happen when Rondell Moore comes back. I don't know if Greg Dorch has made a case for himself as far as getting a contract for somebody else and being a slot receiver there. But as long as he has this role, he's he's I think he's a pretty good bet to score you about 10 fantasy points. So interesting guy. I definitely think he can and should be used as a – as like a sweetener on, on trades. Uh, I think you can throw him in and say, here's Greg Dorch. The guy has been scoring 15 points a game. You want him too. So he's, he's just a useful dynasty asset. He's a guy who I, I, I was looking at my, uh, my roster ship percentages and he is my fourth highest rostered player. I have him in five leagues at 41.67%. Like he's just a guy who I immediately, I saw the value in. And uh, I think that it's just cool what he's done and it's cool what he's become. Yeah, no, he's put up some good points for me, me the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'm all aboard his fan train. Yeah, I don't know why you didn't mention him uh, before so I could get some Dorch on my team, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely talked about him a little bit. I just don't think people really believed that he was going to sustain it for more than a week or anything like that. So, which, you know, I, I didn't really believe it either, but once I saw it for a second time and and how bare our waivers are like sometimes it's just like yeah it's the only guy to pick up anyway so you touched on a little bit do you think that the talent of rondell moore when he comes back because he hasn't played he hasn't you know he's been injured or whatever hasn't hasn't seen the field yet mm-hmm. but they essentially would be playing basically the same position um mostly slot guy do you think that rondell moore comes in and does this does what dorch is doing why hasn't he before though? Like that's the question, right? Like he has had opportunity before this. He hasn't always been injured. You're right. He, he played all last year, so that's that's a concern for sure. I, it's a weird situation because the way football works, you know, guys earn their roles, and and that's how like coaches think about it. You know what I mean? So has Greg Dorch earned playing time going forward? R- Ronald Moore be damned, or Rondale Moore be damned? You know what I mean? Like does it? even matter like does Rondell Moore just have to do more in practice to outwork him and somehow get himself on the field at this point I'm just wondering if he's kind of a step behind now and that happens with guys who get injured all the time right it doesn't yes. really the reason doesn't really matter when you're not on the field that's a problem for you and that's because other guys can do stuff like Greg Dorch so I'm not saying Rondell Moore is dead I just I'm just concerned because Dorch is really making it making it seem like he can he can perform in that role so why take him off the field that's fair it hurts my heart but it's fair yeah i feel that i'm sorry <laughs> it's okay biggest fantasy surprise in your roster this season so far what player has popped out to you that you were not expecting to take off is it not greg dorch no <laughs> <laughs> um oh man for me like i'm trying to think because i do stick to like a lot of the studs as far as like redraft goes and like, that's who I'm trying to acquire most of the time. I'm trying to think like if there's any low end guys who have popped off that, that I didn't expect to, man, I don't know. Maybe you're right. You take it away while I think. Yeah. Probably the biggest one for me is, well, I I got three, one good, two bad. So DJ Moore, I'm pretty disappointed in with what he's doing so far. Maybe Baker sucks more than I thought. Maybe it's the offense. Maybe that coach isn't actually a good coach. <clears throat> I really thought he'd be doing a lot better um, than he has, so that's been kind of a bummer. Another one that you guys know I love, Darnell Mooney. That whole offense is just pissing me off. Darnell Mooney had a great year last year, and there's no reason that he should be getting set back so far. You just don't see that happen too often with 
wide receivers. Nothing really changed from me what the maybe coaching changed, but like, you know, he still had Justin Fields and Justin Fields, whether he's good or not, he was still able to make Darnell Mooney a, a weekly starter last year. And that now, I mean, I'm sitting lineups and I'm, I'm leaving Mooney out of them and it kind of sucks. It just, it just shouldn't happen that way. I'm, I'm pretty bummed about that. What about a positive one? Um, uh, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown. Uh, I was drafting him. I only have him in redraft in one of my work leagues from California or whatever. And he's not a guy that I've ever had on any of my teams. I've never had him in a redraft. Uh, maybe some best ball back in the day. I have him in zero dynasty. He's just not a guy that like I've really believed in that much. Even when he was coming out his rookie draft, like I was more AJ Brown over Marquise Brown at the time. And there were other people that were Marquise Brown over AJ Brown, especially after the NFL draft. But um, but I did select him to my uh, redraft roster, and he's he's been great. I had him in the flex. Was like, yeah, maybe he'll do good. I'm not really sure. New team, new wide receiver on a new team, but he's been great. He's been great for me. So that's been for me personally a bright spot. Seventeen targets last week for Marquise that's Brown, and it, he he catches like all of them. Wild. Yeah, he caught like fourteen of them, I think. Yeah, I mean, might as well be all. I got two. I got I got one positive, one negative. Clyde Edward, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Right. Like he, he on the positive side, he's really outperformed expectations. So it's really awesome to see. We talked about it heading into the season. I, I thought that this was a possibility based on some of the things he was saying about his health last year and all that. So it's it's pretty cool to see him do well, being a former first round pick and a good offense. Hopefully he can keep that up. On the downside, he did have a good week this week, but TJ Hawkinson. I like I gotta take the L on this. I really like I still think he's a good player. It's just in this offense, there's other there's other players who earn more targets than him, and he certainly isn't isn't earning a ton of them. He he got a touchdown this week, but he's only he's he's really on the low end of the volume. So yeah, it's just not something I saw. I'm I'm not sure what it is because you have Goff there too. You'd think that he'd be kind of looking his way, but uh yeah, I don't really know what the what the reason is, but yeah, a little down on that unfortunate but yeah that's a surprise to me yeah, i don't think you're alone on that one no i mean i'm definitely surprised by his little utilization i was expecting a lot more from him when i drafted him but my negative would be cole Komet. definitely shit the bed harder than i expected season season is young but very discouraged so far and my surprise for upside was is tyler cochran <laughs> yeah do you um we're rightfully so that team's been throwing uh, a million balls a game as our last guest pointed, guest pointed out after two weeks Flacco had like 108 or something like drop back passes do you think this is going to change Zach Wilson is slated to start this week are you concerned at all I'm not um I think Conklin is going to become his safety net and I really think I mean Keith had seven targets the first game, nine targets the second game, eight targets the third game. I could still picture him getting six to eight targets a game, no problem. That would be incredible if he was getting six to eight targets a game. I I don't know if I see that. I think the passing volume is going to come down a bit. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's, he's definitely been a surprise. Been been pretty interesting to see. When you have Joe Flacco out there throwing 50 times a game, it helps, though. All right. That was fun. Cool. So... We have been busy as a group here, so let's uh, let's hit some trades and non-trades. Do it. Who's this first one? Because it's not me. It's Josh. Uh, well, I mean, it's us. So <laughs> I was going through my leagues last night trying to make some trades. I forgot, and I decided I want to trade DK. I semi remembered us having a conversation in the past where you were interested in DK. So I'm like, let me throw you over and up. I traded him to you like three months ago. I got Amari Cooper and Renfro. Same way? Yeah. Oh, fuck. We're in too many fucking leagues together. <laughs> um, <laughs> anywho. It's okay. Yeah, anyway. Right, so going through trades, um, sent you over DK, um, Everett, uh, Titan from Chargers, and Cameron Braid for Edmonds, Fryermuth, and Dub- Dubs. I personally didn't think it was that bad of a trade, but... It's not. I mean, I bet if you put it in a calculator or something, I bet it's even. And honestly, just looking at it, it looks even. I just, I'm rolling in that league. I came in second last year. I came in second with Derrick Henry and Chris Godwin on IR. Okay, so I'm like, I'm really, really strong in that league, and I'm, I'm kicking ass again. 
I don't really want to change anything. And Dubs is a guy that like, I want to see what happens with him. I start Friar Muth every week. I start Edmonds every week. I might be able to start Dubs the next couple of weeks to see what's going on with the other wide receivers on that team. I don't want anything at all to do with Brait. I already have a million guys with different last names that are basically Brait. And getting DK back would be kind of nice. And that's like, man, it really is like the best player in the trade. And you're supposed to kind of take that. But I just having Everett and Brait as the other two pieces was the reason I didn't want to do it. I don't I don't need an Everett or a Brait on my team. <laughs> completely fine. I mean, Bray, Bray was obviously a throw-in, but I was Honestly, really we probably could have got something worked out. I was out. expecting a counter back on that one. That's what I'm saying. Like we could have got something worked out if like I took time and did some counters because like I could totally see a situation where I do get DK and maybe you get I don't know which piece you really wanted in this trade. I'd probably fire me because I know you love them. But um yeah, I just didn't take time to like negotiate with you but at face value i didn't really want anything to do with that side i do love me some primers don't get me wrong but in this trade actually that was not the one i was going for okay so we definitely could have probably worked something out and i mean we still can still plenty of weeks until trade <laughs> line, so. we do we do yeah, yeah that, that dk side is pretty enticing but i you make a good case you're right it's a pretty close trade it's interesting i mean dk should win win this trade out i i don't know that's just that's kind of where i think i end up on it but i'm yeah. not sure I'm not sure in the end. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So this next trade has not happened yet. Um, I did bring it to you guys to discuss it with you, and then the kid withdrew the trade and then resubmitted me the trade. So I just <laughs> kept it pending there. Figured we discussed it on the show, and then I'll decide what the hell I'm going to do for it. But he's this kid sent me a trade. Um, I'd be sending away Kadarius Tony, getting back Greg Dortch. So what is your guys' feeling on it? And the fact that you've had kind of time to see the giants issues and sterling shepherd now going down i think helps even more to to lean tony side just with the draft capital and the upside there I, i'm sticking on tony yeah i'm probably going to hold with with everything that's happening with the giants i feel like we discussed earlier tony's gonna be a plus play the rest of the year hopefully as long as he can see the field yeah i think i'm just holding tony just based on the fact that he's trapped in the first round uh Sterling Shepard's out. Maybe he'll get out of the doghouse. Depends. Depends. Like, how how's your team doing? Are you like top thirty of your league right now? If so, maybe Dorch is that could steal you some extra wins before Rondell Moore takes over. No, I mean I'm doing real. I'm doing well in that league, and Tony's been on my bench the entire time. So yeah, you may I'm as undefeated. Well so yeah. yeah, yeah, you may as well then. Yeah, grab some Dorch and you know, have a better flex spot. I'd still hold Tony personally, but I, I get, I get why you would grab Dorch there and, and be able to like fill in. It's just like, I, I just think if Tony does see the field, it's possible where he's a guy who's scoring, you know, a lot more points per game than, than Greg Dorch ever will. So yeah. And I'll probably end up holding Tony and seeing how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah. I'd listen to Billy too. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Uh, all right, I got a pretty big one here. This was in one QB league, so just know that. No QBs involved, though. T. Higgins, Cordell Patterson, a third and a fourth round pick, I think in 23, for C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard. Dang. I'm on the C.D. side on this one. You know, if you're – I feel like Higgins and Cordell Patterson are going to score the same amount of points as C.D. and Pollard. I think Cordell Patterson and Pollard's futures are well. Pollard's younger, I get it, but we don't know where he's really going to be next year. Um, Higgins and CD, you know, kind of interchangeable out out in these streets. So I feel like, and I hate to say this because you know I love my boys, but I'd probably take the side where I have the extra third and fourth for this year. Yeah, that's the side I got. I got the Higgins side. I I had CDA. This team is pretty good. It's the orphan I took over. I have AJ Brown as well. But I just figured, I think Cordell Patterson is a more steady producer than Tony Pollard is this year. And I need that because I'm trying to compete. And and yeah, I think Higgins and, and CD are pretty interchangeable. Like you said, I thought it was interesting that I was talking to the DFF guys and they were like Higgins over CD straight up, no matter what, easy. Like almost all of them were like, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's surprising. Also making me regret that trade I made in console wars a little bit for CD uh definitely i mean i i like i definitely didn't need to do that i wish i went for aj brown but anyway 
cool. This was a good one. All right, next one. I have this one did hasn't gotten done yet. I can press accept in half a second, but I just don't know if I can do it. So this league is a 2.0 tight end premium. So they get two points per reception and everybody holds on to them like gold. You know what I mean? They're, they're like, they're like that meme just holding on to their money. You know what I mean? And I can't get anything done. I've been trying for over a year probably now. And I I'm stuck with Gasicki and that's it. Would you trade a 23 second in this super flex league, a 23 second for Knox and a 24 third Dawson Knox and a 24 third for a 23 second. You're getting Knox. Yeah, and a 2.0 tight end premium. I'm personally for me, I'm pulling that trigger on Knox. Yeah, I guess if you're getting the third back, even if it is a 24 third, I wouldn't do the second straight up for Knox. <clears throat> Knox's usage has been pretty sad. Um, that's that's why, like, uh, I you know, know, I mean, like, are you comfortably starting him over Kasiki? I know, right? I mean, yeah, I don't think I am. I, I mean, he's more upside, I think, in in that offense. Like, I think Tyreek Hill and and Jalen Walter are much better competition than Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis because of Gabe Davis. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think that he has more like red zone upside and stuff like that. than I mean, he has the same red zone upside. I think he has just more upside in general, like as far as volume goes, but no, like it's not right now. They're the same player. Right. So, much. Uh, but man, that, that 2.0 really changes people's brain chemistry in these leagues, man. I can't get shit done. So we'll see. Yeah. I think it's, you know, if you're getting that third back, um and yeah it's it's worth a shot it's not something i'd probably do i'm really kind of out on Knox. it's a pretty disappointing should have been one of those guys that we talked about in the biggest fantasy surprise on your roster not that i actually roster him but just in general like i think we expected more out of dawson knots i think he got the contract extension and everything right so you kind of expected to see his usage i don't know have a chance to be like we talked about with uh coop and everything chance to be the second in targets on your team he, I mean, he's not even like third. I don't think so. Oh, All right, I'll go. For, I'll go. Maybe trade for like anybody else. I don't know. I no, gotta figure exactly. it out. Just saying. Just no, saying. no, you're you're not wrong. And I've been thinking about struggling with it and like wondering if it's worth it. And I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Oh, that sucks. It's terrible. That's a tough one. All right, this next one's also mine. This is uh, in the Devi League. This is a fun one. I like this. Uh, Jackson Smith in Jigba. Yep. The Ohio State receiver. I'm sure most people know who that is. Josh Downs, who I think is North Carolina wide receiver. These are two college players. Then I added James Connor and a 23 first round pick. Definitely going to be late. I'm slaying this league by like, I think I have like 150 points or more over the next person uh, in the league. So I'm, I'm really crushing it. Uh, so I, again, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Josh Downs, James Connor, 23 first for AJ Brown. Hit me. Howard. How are your college receivers? I mean, probably not. Here, I'll look at it right now, actually. Yeah, I don't have too much, but my, my actual receivers are are like studs. I have T. Higgins and A.J. Brown on this team. I have Mike Evans. I have, I think, DeAndre Hopkins on the bench, like, wait in the waiting. I have a couple more, but I have, like, yeah, my – okay, so my wide receivers on my Debbie roster are Jaleel Farouk, Oklahoma, 2024, Adam Randall, Clemson, 2024, who is – just wait like if you don't know adam randall is just go look up some stuff and know that he's coming out of the wide receiver factory that is clemson and then puka nakao uh, out of byu uh, he's just a big boy i don't know if he'll be anything so yeah no i don't have too much there i think if your team is as good as you're saying it is getting a guy like aj brown you're not even gonna care about losing those you're gonna you're this will solidify your your chance i saw it and just to put things in perspective my quarterbacks are lamar jackson and Jalen Hurts. Uh, I also have Christian Kirk on this team. Devonte Adams, Darren Waller. Yeah, so it's a pretty it's a pretty stud stud roster. So I just figured that adding another guy attached to one of my quarterbacks is is the way to go. So okay, Josh, do you agree? I didn't even I didn't hear your opinion. I think it's a slight overpay, but I understand why you're doing it. And I mean, I would do the deal. Don't get me wrong. I just I feel the two college recruits. It's a slight overpay, but again, I understand why you're doing it. And if you need to do it, you need to do it. Okay. So we had, I think Shane Swagger, I don't think he talked about it on here, but he talked about it online. I, I forgot who else we talked about this with, but using Debbie assets as tools to win leagues, I think is the way to go. These are two unknown guys. Somebody in one of the, the, the Debbie discords or slacks, or whatever the hell I'm in was like, 
I'd be happy to get JSN and Josh Downs for AJ Brown. And I was like, what world are two unknowns better than, you know, a top three dynasty receiver? Yeah, yeah. Just, so that's absolutely so, ridiculous. But my, my point is, is that these guys are like JSN could have an injury between now and the time he gets to the NFL, like a bad one. He already has an injury, but a really bad one. And then these guys don't, it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Josh Downs is a guy who I'm not really too high on. Uh, then the way I thought about it was, yeah, like it's like James Conner, who's a guy who I want to get rid of anyway, probably a year from now so I can get out early and move on to, you know, a top end asset. This is a Debbie league. The 23 first is more like a second. Like this is literally how I'm like justifying it in my head, at least. Like I said, I'd make this trade. I just personally feel it's been an overpay. But as we've said on the show multiple times, if you aren't 100% comfortable with the trade, you've done something wrong. I mean, if you are 100% comfortable with the trade, then you've done something wrong. Sorry. No, and I think you're right. I I, I do think it was a little bit of an overpay uh, value-wise, like on paper. I The way the conversation went, I, I said a second, and he was like, make it a first, and no more questions asked. And I waited for like sure. a couple hours, thought about it, talked to some people, and I was like, yeah, let's just do it. So. All yeah. right. So this one is one that came to me a couple hours ago. It's in one of the safe leagues. Someone sent me... They're Darren Waller for my Tony Pollard and Brian Robertson. Tight end premium, I think, safe leagues oh, is 2.0. or Waller. Waller. Yeah, that's yeah, Waller. crazy. I mean, they're yeah. safe league, yeah. Waller all day. Okay. What if I'm... Let's see here. What if I'm, like, sitting in eighth place? After three weeks, I think Waller is a better trade asset to have on your roster, to be honest, for the rest of the season than these two guys. Like, unless Brian Robinson is like <laughs> the best rookie running back, I don't think you'll regret taking Waller for the next year and a half, two years. Like, look at like his usage has been insane. He's had, he's dropped two touchdown passes from Derek Carr the past two weeks. So all he needed was a touchdown, and he would have been you know, scoring massive points every week this season. So, yeah, like, I, I think I'd just take the best player in this deal and move on from two guys who are flex plays here and there, maybe. Depends. Like, obviously, Pollard is picking up steam. I Zeke looks fine, so I don't think he's going to take over for Zeke this year. He's about to be 27. I don't know. They're like, go take Waller. All right. I'm clicking uh, yes. My fantasy league is saying, hey, are you sure? And I'm going to say, yeah, I'll take it. And now go and, and then as Waller, you know, has a couple of good games throughout the season, just shop him around and see if you can snag a first. I don't know, you know, something like a first and something. I don't know. You can snag something that you prefer. And I, I think that's the way to to utilize this. Not actually got to talk to this guy because if he accepts it, he's over the <laughs> roster limit. <laughs> he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Yeah, I'll talk he'll, to him. He'll manage something. Don't worry about it. All right. All right, Billy, take it away. Oh, yeah, this is. This just happened right before or right as we were recording, actually. I was going back with this person and <laughs> not going to lie. I saw somebody on Twitter kind of suggest something like this, not this exact trade, but they were like, it was in a, I think, bean counter. I, I forgot what his, uh, Drew, whatever. Drew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I forgot what his, his Twitter handle is, but uh, it was in one of his threads talking about how first and second year players who are underperforming are guys you should be going after because they tend to really pick up steam and become super valuable and produce a ton of points. And this is like, I think over the last like five to 10 years, I forgot what his sample size was that he was looking at, but, or maybe actually he was just looking at the past couple of years, regardless, somebody was like, Oh, maybe I can move Deontay for Brees Hall. And I was like, huh, let me go check that out. So I threw out, Deontay Johnson and Khalil Herbert for Brees Hall and the manager reached out to me and he was like interesting offer I'll got a stew on it for a bit and this has been a strategy of mine recently that I've been doing which is they're sending sending a kind of a lower offer but still like on par basically like on the nose knowing that they're probably not going to love it and then throwing a couple decent assets into it real quick like you know what I'll do Darrell Henderson and Greg Dorch as well uh, on top of Khalil Herbert and Deontay Johnson. And he thought on it for a second and he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to accept it. He goes, I, I'll probably regret this, but I accepted it. And I was like, all right. So it ended up being uh, again, Deontay Johnson, Khalil Herbert, Darrell Henderson, Greg Dorch for Brees Hall. Thoughts? I guess, could you have done Khalil Herbert, Darrell Henderson and Greg Dorch for 
the 102 back in April? I don't think he could have. No. Maybe. Deontay's come down in value quite a bit. Um, I like it. I think Brees is going to be a stud. I just looked. Sorry, I just looked in the uh, the Discord, and and Ben goes. I just saw a Breeze Hall trade in console wars, and now I have AIDS. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh uh, that's man. that's a tough one. Um, honestly, I think I'm holding on to the DeAndre Herbert Henderson and uh, George side. Do you think Bree? I do think Breeze is going to be something, but. I, I mean, I love Herbert, so I definitely think he's going to be the new running back in Chicago with the new regime and everything. Deontay's proving he he could do something with a quarterback that can't throw, so. And Dorch is Dorch, so I don't know. Personally, I'm holding on to the, the volume over Reese. Totally, and I and I get that. Like, I, I think that the, the side I gave up is, is actually quite valuable, uh, but knowing my team in this league short of quarterback i mean i have saquon and fournette and i still have tony pollard and i have david montgomery in this league obviously who who is taking a step back with this injury but he was he was getting pelted with carries uh and i have a ton of receivers right like other than deontay i have Devonte adams and and drake london and Michael Thomas and who else T Higgins and CD lamb so i have a lot of receivers so i figured this was a good time to kind of get out of guy and Deontay who is doing well, but I just think, you know, going to be stuck in the grind of, of rebuilding that team. The touchdowns aren't coming from like, we'd like the volume is totally there. Khalil Herbert. I like Khalil Herbert. I just don't know if he'll ever be a running back one. I think he'll always be in some sort of split backfield uh, unless there's an injury. And yeah, I don't know. The other guys are kind of just, just throw-ins for me. Um, yeah, I, I again, I, I don't know if you could have made this trade for the 101, 102 uh, back in, in February, March, whatever we were doing our, our rookie draft. So I think that this is a buy low on Brees, and I think that he's just going to be a stud. And that's what I'm buying into. I think he leads like all rookie, not leads, but he's like top three in targets. Oh, yeah, um, which I, is I ridiculous with yeah, Michael Carter there. Like, I don't even understand. But uh, yeah, I think Brees is just a really good running back. He's super young, 21 years old. This is just a great way, I think, for me with Saquon and Fournette to kind of pad that and say like, yeah, I have a guy behind them who's young and up and coming. So yeah. Okay. This last one is, is your eye on myself. I'll, I'll take it away real quick here. I, I saw, I was looking for a running back. I have Christian McCaffrey. So I was like, shit, I might need to bolster my running back room with something. Uh, I, I saw your eye has all the running backs <laughs> and, and he had Kareem Hunt, he had Kareem Hunt sitting there. He, he was saying that he was looking for picks and wide receivers. So I, I came to Uriah after him basically saying last week he, he didn't want to trade with me anymore. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> do, do you want to make the terms of this trade so that I can, uh, he's like, I could just send you offers. We could talk about it. However you want to go about it. <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to be pretty agreeable here. And I asked for Kareem hunt for a uh, 24 second and Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, the, I would have traded you a 23 second if I had it, but I don't. But yeah, so I I don't know. I hunt twenty seven year old running back, just a, a guy I think that I can utilize and maybe has some upside if if Nick Chubb got injured or something like that, or if a trade were to happen like we were hearing early on this season, because my running back room is really thin, and that's really the crux of this. Like I didn't really want to give up a second. I wanted somebody better. I wanted Eckler instead. I don't think that was going to happen short term. So yeah, I don't know. I think this is a really fair offer for Hunt. That's how I felt about it. Uh, yeah. What What do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm personally not high on Hunt anymore. He's aging. He's on a contract year. Yeah, in his situation, he is really good right now, but I don't personally see him moving on past this year with that. And I've been impressed with Isaiah McKenzie, so I'm taking the McKenzie side. That, yeah, I get it. I get it. Initially, when I said I would do this deal, I did think it was a 23 second. I was like, because he just said an A second. I was like, ah, you know, I'll do that. I didn't mean to deceive. It came, I know, I know you didn't. It came across and I was like, is this the 24th? I was like, a 24 second, you cheap ass. But I, I'm still okay <laughs> with it. Like, honestly, but there's no joke in this league. I have probably seven starting running backs or six starting running backs. And every week I have to find like, what two wide receivers am I going to play? Cause or what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this yeah. helps me make my decision every week. Like, okay. I don't have to think, do I start Chubb and hunt? I could just start Chubb. Don't have to worry about hunt. I don't care. 
personally, I was hoping to get rid of Damian Harris, but I don't really care. The second will be sweet in a couple of years, and Isaiah McKenzie's buying into an offense I enjoy. And if he gets a slot receiver for the Bills, sure, he's a guy that I could probably start here and there, and I don't have to worry about Hunt anymore. It's not a big deal. Probably value-wise, I think probably Hunt is probably the that's you know the better of the deal. But uh, after this year, I don't I don't think I'll really care about it. So just trying to make Billy happy. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I. <laughs> I don't know. I think, again, I think a year from now, like you're going to be totally happy with this. You're never going to start Hunt on your team. I don't know how many offers like this year you're going to get throughout the year unless he fell into like a, a totally different situation, which, you know, you can't really foresee, I guess. But in the current, you know, all things being equal, I don't know. I think this is kind of the going rate like that you're going to get in return for a backup running back with upside. Like you're not going to get a first for him. You could get a year, a year earlier, a second from somebody else, maybe. But again, I don't know who is out there looking for it. And you're in, like I said, you're never going to start this. And Isaiah McKenzie for you and for anybody is good trade bait. Like he's good trade fodder. If he has these, if he, if next week he has a 15 point game, you can 100% sell him for a third or a second round pick straight up. And I, obviously you want the second and be really happy with that. So I think that there's opportunity on both sides. This for me, like Josh is right. Like this is straight up like for this year. And that sucks. Like I had to give up a future value to like, you know, help myself this year, but that's what I'm going for. I'm trying to, trying to boost myself for the chip. Love it. We found something. You, your eye and I did something. We did hey, it. If we could trade, you guys could trade with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dynasty Underdog. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at just your IFF, at Willie Beeman DFF, and at Josh Goldberg. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dynasty Underdog. Mm-hmm.